Burns market's not a big fan of this ADP this morning. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's probably too soon to say. That's it's going to be, you know, th the numbers are going to be a little bit messy, a little bit choppy. Uh, you know, these are, you know, this is the weakest number that we've seen for jobs since you know going back to I think it's February. Um, you know, but at the same time, you know, these numbers are going to be volatile. You know, we 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 suggest that investors at least focus on the long term trend. You're still seeing growth there. You know, perhaps the second derivative of growth has has slid a little bit. Um, you know, it's still net positive, but you know, really, I, I I would argue that the markets are you know continue to be focused on, um, you know, just focused on say, the same factors that we've seen over the, the the recent days and weeks. Is that it's not just this single number, but a lot of the the, the shorter term economic economic numbers have been a little bit weak. And that's resulted in this flattening of the yield curve that we've seen over the last couple of months. So you're not buying into the idea here that this yield curve is just a little nuance from a Fed that'll never have to hike burns? Because I continue to hear folks basically ignore it, say we don't have to listen to it. <sighs> yeah, I, 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 I would certainly never, never ever recommend an investor completely ignore the information that you're getting from the yield curve. Really, if there's a message that, that we've been getting from the yield curve, as well as the way stocks have been behaving. Uh, and this is probably a bit of a contrarian take relative to a lot of um, uh, financial uh, portfolio managers, is that of what it's probably telling us is that we're likely a little bit later in this economic cycle than a lot of the pundits, a lot of the articles, and a lot of investors seem to, to, to believe we are. Uh, if you look at, you know, I think that there's this mindset that we have to still be on the earlier side, or to put it in baseball terms, and one of the the first, you know, three, four innings of of this economic rebound, simply because we're looking at things chronologically. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily fit this cycle mm. because the down cycle was so incredibly compact, and you had a, you know, what amounted to a massive yet, you know, lengthwise two month recession last year, and so that was compressed. And likewise, the upside has been compressed as well. And so if you just look at, you know, just look at what, um, you know, what the data is telling us, um, you see. The, the yield curve flattening tends to be something that you see a little bit later cycle. And likewise, uh, we're seeing a lot of wage pressures, which is also a late cycle phenomenon. And so um, investors probably you know, should be wary as far as what their positioning is relative to that. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're ready to go you know, full on into defensives. It does feel a little bit too early for that. But at the same time, and likewise, the, the same goes for growth. You know, the between on the value growth continuum, uh, you know, one thing that to also consider is that value investors still have valuation on your side. Uh, but that said, it's probably not the time to be making big bets into the the higher beta, uh, the, the 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 higher beta, the the riskier uh, cyclicals. But maybe move, take a little bit more balanced approach. Okay, so maybe not. When I hear riskier cyclicals, I'm thinking about cruise airlines, that kind of high beta stuff. So maybe you have to, exactly. you don't have to go directly down that direction. Uh, so one of the things I do see in the stocks that you like right now, I think is an interesting one to dive into here is Taiwan Semi. And we did see the semiconductor group the last couple of days try and break out. Taiwan Semi has been flat since March, but still uh, way up uh, over the past year, trading 118 bucks now, lowest 76. What needs to happen here, Burns, for that economic outlook to power a company that's become integral to chip making around the world? Yeah, I think that you know we're just looking for a lot of just you know mean reversion with respect to their multiples. So you look at the Taiwan Semi, 
you know, it's trading right now into the low 20 times earnings uh, range, whereas you know a lot of the the, the chip players are, are going for north of 30 times earnings. They they've certainly really rallied hard over the past year, and so you know, compressing that would 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 certainly make a difference. You have uh, a dividend yield of nearly two percent, and now, this is uh, an opportunity to upgrade portfolios into really just one of the premier companies uh, around the world. I mean, they basically, they're the leading foundry, i.e., you know, they manufacture chips for others. They pretty much invented um, outsourced chip manufacturing. And as a result of that, you know, they have, you know, nearly half of global market share. They're about three times larger than the rest of their global peers. And, you know, with respect to, you know, being able to, to build cutting edge chips, you know, in the last half decade, they've really just you know taken. They haven't just taken the lead, but they've you know they've blown past it uh, with respect to innovation. Um, you know, they you know they a couple of years ago they're probably a full cycle ahead of Intel. At this point, they're probably two generations ahead of Intel um, with respect to technology there. And uh, Burns, looking at uh, tech as a whole, though, it seems like. Uh, part of the uh, conclusion from what you're saying is that maybe if we're late cycle, we avoid the super frothy stuff, if that has the risk of unwinding, or is that uh, going to still be a, a uh, area of, it's been safety basically to some degree, but uh, in February since then, some of that stuff has washed out a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think, I, I think you know, you're going down exactly the path that I would in saying that you know, within tech, there, you, know, you, you can't necessarily look at the, the entire sector as a group, but you know, you divide it up. We like tech, and we don't like tech. Uh, you know, the, a lot of the the, the really higher growth um, you know, names uh, aren't necessarily the place to go, especially if inflation does turn out to be a, a little stickier than than expected. Because you know, some of those you know really growthier names might be thought of as being long duration financial instruments, for which you know a lot more of their value is derived from cash flows coming expected into the distant future. But within tech. You know, there's a lot of names that are generating cash flows today. That's shorter duration. That's a little bit more defensive. Uh, you know, and really, it's it's a sector that that you see the most cash on balance sheets, some of the lowest dividend payout ratios. So for dividend investors, it's one of the best places to look for dividend growth. And you know, really, I I, I would argue no sector has more secular tailwinds going for it. Uh, as far as you know, you see just. Uh, rapid or really over the last year and a half accelerated adapt adoption of, of e-commerce a lot of names benefit from that uh, likewise just you know ex the explosion of demand for digital content has really been a boom for um, you know cloud computing uh, providers and you know really it, it's a sector for which a lot of names there have become almost the staples of the uh, the new economy and so you know, there's a lot of opportunities there uh, with respect to, you know, I mentioned Taiwan Semi, uh, you know, Broadcom or, or Microsoft or and a couple of other names for which you're, you're getting that good dividend growth today.